Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a very important episode of the Area 13 eBikes podcast. If you're new to the show, this is the place where you can learn all about electric bikes, products related to them, the people behind the scenes, and so much more. I'm Jessica, part of the team at Area 13, and today we have a very special guest. For our regular listeners, this may be a little bit different than what you're used to hearing, but as we've all seen, business and life can often intersect. We're authentic in our content, and we know that's valuable to you too. So on today's episode, you'll hear from Kyle, the owner of Area 13, and he's sharing more about the recent medical mysteries he's encountered. This was not easily shared, but it's really important, and it's certainly going to give you insight into the arduous journey that he's experienced so far. This is the Area 13 eBikes Podcast. It's been a little over two months since I have been in a video on my own YouTube channel uh, or even recorded a podcast. What happened? Where have I been for the last couple of months? Uh, why can't I ride a bike right now? Uh, and the third one I, I don't know the answer to is the question of, well, how long is it going to be until I can ride a bike again at some point in the future? Uh, but I'm going to do my best to answer those questions. This is not an easy video to make. Physically, uh, just difficult to even just do this right here. But it's certainly something I'm hoping I can get back to. So the last video I was in, I released on March 24th. Uh, I'm recording this uh, about two months later. That video was on bike racks, uh, but I actually have to jump back uh, even further than that uh, to about February 19th. Now it's possible I was having issues before that, but that is the first day that I can definitively remember a, a symptom. And it was a Saturday. I was here at the shop uh, working. Uh, was a, there were some customers doing test rides and I remember getting up on a ladder to grab one of those comfy cloud nine seats off of a high shelf and I lost my balance and I didn't fall I didn't hit my head I didn't injure myself in any way uh, I kind of caught myself on the shelf whatever I just uh, it just happens sometimes and I went about my day uh, at the end of the day I had all of the test ride bikes outside uh, our Hydra, which is the, the full suspension carbon fiber watt wagons bike that's a ton of fun. Uh, I was putting that one away. And naturally, if you're putting a, a bike away uh, here at the shop, you're going to at least take it for a spin around our little test track, what we've built so far, on the way back in. Uh, so, of course, I did that. And on the last little jump, which is actually just behind the camera over here, uh, again lost my balance and almost crashed. I'm thankful that I didn't, uh, but it was, it was close. Definitely skidded to a stop. I came off the saddle and I was just a little bit shaken. And I was like, man, what, what happened? That's twice in one day. And I just assumed at that point, maybe I'm coming down with something. Uh, maybe my ears are plugged, some sort of inner ear problem that's causing an issue with my balance. And 
Uh, at that point, basically, I, again, brushed it off. There wasn't anything uh, big to be worried about. The following Monday, I sent a message to all of my employees, told them I felt like I had some sort of bug and I wasn't gonna come into work. I was having some aches in my muscles. Uh, at that point, I was thinking maybe it was something more like a flu bug, but I didn't really feel sick the way you normally feel sick with something like that. But I could tell something was off, uh, so I stayed away until I thought I felt a little better. Fast forward to mid-March, and like you saw, I released that video about bike racks. The uh, week prior, we released a video about the Suron, and I rode that around quite a bit. I never went too crazy on it uh, because I was still feeling not quite like I had my full strength back. Uh, but again, I didn't feel sick at that point, so I started returning to work. On March 23rd, which was a Friday, I again stayed home from work because I felt like I was going downhill again, having either a relapse or some other bug. I remember that distinctly because there was a container of blackbirds that had arrived that day and unfortunately I wasn't there to help unload it with the rest of the crew. In the following days I wasn't really improving so I decided this has been going on long enough. It felt like maybe I'd been sick for you know a couple of weeks or a few weeks or something lingering. Maybe I'm having some sort of pneumonia. I've actually had that uh, in years past and it was really hard for them to pick up, but the symptoms kind of felt similar. I was weak. I was starting to get very fatigued. I wasn't having any trouble breathing and it, and it was a little bit troubling trying to figure out what was going on at that point. Around that same time, I also started having some uh, very fast heartbeats, some tachycardia going on. And I also started to notice that if I did too much physical activity, or even if I talk too long, and you may even pick it up at some points in this video, uh, that my speech would start degrading. I might slip up with my words, I might uh, start stuttering, and if I rested for a while, that would go away, but then if I did more physical activity, it would come back. Went to that first doctor's appointment, and they couldn't find anything wrong, sent me home, uh, basically said rest up and get better. And a few days later, I went back again because I wasn't feeling better. If anything, I was feeling a little bit worse. And again, couldn't find anything wrong. They did the usual, uh, a few blood tests. Of course, they tested for, you know, COVIDs and flus and all the usual suspects and everything came back negative. As far as they could tell on paper, I was perfectly healthy. At this point, the symptoms started getting Worse, I was having trouble sleeping. I would wake up in the middle of the night and be completely exhausted. I felt like I had just ran a marathon in my sleep, which made no sense at all. That's the only way I could think of how to even even describe how, was, how I was feeling. Uh, but my whole body just felt like it was just crashing down for some reason that despite all the tests we were doing, uh, we couldn't figure out. Uh, so I was repeatedly going to the doctor, what felt like every few days, and we started to run more and more uh, blood tests. And again, everything kept coming back negative. You're fine, go home, rest, uh, 
come back if you're not feeling better. On March 30th, I decided there's something really wrong. I need to figure out what it is. I am going to go to the local hospital and we're gonna get this thing figured out. The doctor's visits are taking too long. It was weeks between uh, appointments. For that first hospital visit, they did a CAT scan, uh, basically just scanned my head, my brain, anything weird going on, like could I be having a stroke uh, because of the, the speech issues. At this point, I was starting to have uh, numbness and tingling uh, in my hands and feet, and I felt like I was starting to lose a lot of the strength, particularly in my hands, uh, and my ability to walk was just getting less and less. Once again, even at the hospital, they could find nothing wrong after that visit. I was there, I got there in the afternoon. Uh, by later that evening, they had sent me home and said basically the same thing as all the doctors before, come back in a few days if you don't feel better. And obviously I wasn't feeling better at all. And I even was starting to get desperate. I was starting to uh, send lab tests to doctors online, maybe see if somebody could find something that I was I was missing. And funny enough, that same day that I went to the hospital, March 30th, that morning, because I was doing a lot of my own research, I had come up with probably half a dozen things I thought it was, but none of them made sense or none of them, the tests were popping up. Uh, but I did actually text my wife a link to something called Guillain-Barre syndrome back on March 30th uh, because it came up in our discussions. Well, maybe this is it. It's really rare. Uh, the symptoms don't really match, but we don't know what it is. They saw me at the hospital that day, didn't think anything of it. Uh, again, sent me home. And one of those online doctors actually looked at some of my lab tests and because he couldn't see anything wrong, he actually decided it would be best to just tell me that uh, I was having psychosomatic symptoms or something like that and basically said, it's all in your head. That was a little difficult because uh, I knew something was wrong and I felt like I had been to half a dozen different doctors, offices, urgent care places, hospitals, and I wasn't getting anywhere. Uh, at this point, the headaches started as well. I was having really bad migraines every day that got progressively worse with however much physical activity uh, that I did. Uh, it got to the point to where just getting up and walking around the house uh, you know, would cause a migraine that could last all day. It could last even sometimes multiple days uh, and that made it very hard to, to function and, and do anything. Uh, April 6th, I, I had got up at some point early in the morning, middle of the night, I don't remember, and I just, I felt like I was gonna pass out. My whole body was just gonna collapse. Uh, I was starting to monitor my heart rate at this point as well, thinking, well, maybe something's happening intermittently that they just can't catch when I'm at the doctor. Uh, it was dropping sometimes into the uh, 40s, which for me is rather low, um, but then it would just go back up, of course, when I went to the doctor and it all seemed normal. And even that day, I managed to get into work for a little bit, get a few things done, and then go back home and, and rest. And I say rest, but it was one of those weird things where resting didn't help. Like I said earlier, I could wake up in the middle of the night and just feel completely exhausted. Uh, 
uh, as if I had just sprinted as far as I could possibly sprint and until I was about to collapse. But I would wake up like that in the middle of the night. It would, I would be so exhausted uh, that it would actually wake me up. Friday of that week, which was the 8th of April, I decided, all right, I'm gonna go back to the hospital. I was going to wait. My wife was out doing some errands. I was gonna wait till she came home and tell her, can you take me to the hospital? And I just really started to go downhill fast. And I thought, you know, I, I can't wait that long. Uh, so I, I gave her a call and at that point it had progressed to where I was on the phone with my wife, Jenny, trying to tell her, take me to the hospital. And I was struggling to even speak the words and tell her to take me to the hospital. Thankfully, the doctors that were there that day looked at my records pretty quickly and said, he was just here like a week ago and we sent him home. There has to be something else wrong that we missed. We need to admit him to the hospital and figure out what's going on. So thankfully, they started really digging in. They, so I'm 20 minutes into recording uh, and I'm starting to, even now, lose my ability to speak a little bit. So if I stutter or slip up, I may just keep rolling and keep it in here. Uh, that's just part of, of me right now. Uh, I'm being taken seriously for the first time in uh, a month since I've been going to the doctors. And realistically, at this point, it's been almost two months since I started having symptoms. Uh, it wasn't until it got progressively worse and worse that I was kind of putting all the dots together on what had been happening. And it really had been this very slow uh, progression. About three days in the hospital for a good diagnosis or a best guess to be made. So on the 11th, which was a Monday, I started an IVIG treatment. Uh, basically it's, a, it's an IV uh, solution. Uh, it's done for five days and it is the main treatment or one of the most common treatments for something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. But basically what happens is Guillain-Barre syndrome is an autoimmune response to something traumatic that happens in your body. Uh, it could be you got the flu. It could be you had COVID. It could be uh, that you got a vaccine. It could be any, any number of things. There are certain infectious diseases that seem to trigger it. What exactly causes it is not known. Um, now, I don't want this video and the comments especially to turn into a vaccine debate. That is not what this video is about. Uh, I can tell you for sure that for me, that's not what caused it. Uh, for other people, yes, I know that it has, but this is one of those things where it, it could be any number of things that, that trigger it. The way that they see it or, or find it, sometimes they can see nerve damage, uh, so MRIs of your spine, 
Uh, I had a total of about six different MRIs of my brain and spine to try and see anything. They couldn't see anything on any of those MRIs for my case. Typically with Guillain-Barre, it um, works up or down. Uh, in other words, it might start at your feet and work slowly up your body, or it might start at the top and work your way down. Uh, that didn't really seem to happen for me. It just kind of happened everywhere all at once. Often you also lose uh, sensations in your hands, your arms, your feet, and along with that, you lose your reflexes. So, you know, and take the little hammer and whack on your knees. Well, they can do that on various parts of your arms as well and test your reflexes. And typically you kind of lose all or none. Um, my case was again different. My reflexes and my knees were uh, perfect as far as they could tell. Um, but after a few days, they did start to see that I was losing reflexes in my arms. Uh, when I was in the hospital for several days, I had lost all reflexes in my arms completely. And I started to lose some of the feeling. Sometimes the, the blood draws, uh, I wouldn't even feel the needle go in. That's kind of where it got to. Uh, I was starting to lose some feeling in, in my feet and legs. You can eventually become completely paralyzed. And at the worst of it, um, if they don't catch it soon enough, you stop breathing. Um, obviously, that's, that's the worst case scenario. Your com body completely stops functioning uh, on its own. Most people get from the trigger event, whatever it is, the start of their symptoms, to the, to the worst of their symptoms in two weeks, maybe three, four weeks, but it's, it's fairly quick. Sometimes I've even read of people where it's, it's a matter of days from their first symptom to being completely paralyzed. For some reason, for me, it was very, very slow. And that's one of the things that made it hard to figure out is that my symptoms weren't matching up to typical cases of Guillain-Barre. And again, all of my tests were coming back negative. I did everything, like I said, from, from blood tests to MRIs to a spinal tap. I don't recommend the last one. I don't ever want to do that again if I can avoid it. But the good thing is, for me, is because it was progressing so slowly, I was able to eventually get a diagnosis uh, and get treated uh, immunoglobulin therapy. And that doesn't like reverse everything and cure you. Um, what it does is it stops the progression uh, so you don't keep getting worse. Uh, I stayed in the local hospital for about a week. I received that treatment there. Really wasn't seeing any progress as in like getting better at that point. Uh, so I was transferred to a hospital in the Sacramento area that had more uh, neurologists available on staff so we could really pin down the diagnosis, make sure was that even the right treatment. Uh, I had what's called an EMG test or a nerve conduction test scheduled uh, for the middle of May at this point. Guillain-Barre syndrome causes nerve damage, which causes all of the problems throughout your, your body. Uh, and they try and figure out 
how badly damaged are your nerves. Um, that can kind of give them an idea of how long it might take to uh, recover. And that test, uh, basically it's, it's like being hooked up to an electric fence around various parts of your body is the best way I can describe it. Uh, and then further into the test, they actually have to place needles under your skin uh, and then shock them again uh, to uh, kind of see how well your nerves are working. So the, the downside of that is it's, it can be very painful if your nerves are working well, and it can be not painful at all if your nerves aren't working as well. So basically the more it hurts, the better condition you're actually in. So thankfully for me, it hurt a lot. <laughs> so um, that's probably not the best scientific way that that test is done. Uh, so the good news is my nerve damage is minimal because we couldn't see it on the MRIs uh, because of how the nerve conduction study went. The downside is that Guillain-Barre syndrome doesn't have any further treatment. There's no medication or therapy or anything you can specifically do that's going to just make you better. It just takes time. We believe from the tests that have been done that my chances of a full recovery are very good. Uh, that's something that varies um, person to person. Some people don't regain all of their strength or all of their feeling. It never comes completely back, uh, and some people do. Certain things with my hands, certain textures feel a little funny right now, and I hope that that goes back to normal one day, but I have full use of my hands, uh, my legs, uh, but I'm just very limited on what I can do. So I can go for a walk, but I might only be able to walk a very, very short distance before I, I get wiped out. My body just doesn't want to do any anymore. And, and I've certainly seen that I am improving since the time I was in the hospital. From there, I could walk maybe 50 feet in a day, and that was it. Uh, and that 50 feet was very difficult and might cause those migraines and headaches I talked about and other symptoms that would last for, you know, a whole day. It would really just, just I would really just crash completely at that point. Um, so right now, um, I'm, I'm getting around, but very slowly, because it can take uh, months or sometimes years for people to recover to where they once were or to recover to whatever their new normal is. It's going to be a struggle to do basic things again, like drive a car or ride a bicycle that's on two wheels. I think, especially because one of my first symptoms was loss of balance and, and dizziness is something that occurred throughout all of this. Um, I can get dizzy at a moment's notice without warning at random. Riding a bicycle on two wheels probably isn't the safest thing for me to be doing right now, even if I felt physically capable of, of doing it. And obviously that's a hard thing to do because that's like a big part of my life. That's what I do for this business, this YouTube channel. Uh, it's really tough for that to just suddenly go away. Although I can't always communicate things clearly all the time, and sometimes I'm a little bit slower on the outside than I was before, uh, in here, everything's still working uh, at 110%, I'd like to think, that my brain is still working 
90 miles an hour all the time like it was before. So it's just my body doesn't want to keep up with that. So that's that can be frustrating, but it means I want to get back writing something as soon as I can. So I've had a Velo Mobile project in the back of the shop for years. I've decided now is the time I actually need it. Uh, I'm going to put some time and energy and effort into that. Uh, I'm going to get some help with that because I know I can't do it all my own. Uh, and I've started to release some short videos on the Area 13 short channel. So if you want to see some updates on the Velo Mobile, the crazy power that I'm putting into it, the battery the battery capacity is going to be nuts. It's a 72 volt, 60 amp hour. So that's four kilowatt hours of battery on board. It's going to be crazy. Uh, make sure to check out the short channel. Subscribe over there if you haven't already, because you might see me over there more than producing the usual long format videos, uh, because making short, simple videos is something just a little bit easier for me to handle right now. But I do have some really cool videos planned for this channel, as I'm recording this, we're actually at like 99,900 something subscribers. We're so close to hitting 100,000. I bet by the time I can get through, the editing on this will actually be at 100,000, which is just awesome. Uh, but I have been using the brain power that I still have to plan new and exciting YouTube videos that I think you guys are gonna really, really love. Thank you for listening to the Area 13 eBikes podcast. That was certainly a very impactful episode, and we're so grateful that Kyle joined us. If you have a guest suggestion, email us at info at area13ebikes.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye.